Hello everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit, Get Fit, The Myths. We are here at season's end. We've explored various myths along the way and in this episode we round up with some stragglers. This isn't to say that we won't add to this series in the future, but for now we're wrapping it up. We are not alone this week however, as we have a returning guest in the extremely knowledgeable Coach Dean Hammond. We had him on way back at the start of the podcast in an episode all about Skinny Jab, Juice Plus and Boom Bod. This time though, Dean has only gone and got on COVID. So naturally, the conversation starts with that. With myths ranging from the comical, like no pineapple on pizza, we go to the more serious in lifting weight will make you look like a man. So we cover it all in what I believe is a fantastic season finale. So let's get into it. Hello boys, welcome back. Good evening gents. Good evening. Hi. We've got Dean back, but this time, we've had Dean before on an episode before he was in our episode on Skinny Jab, Boom Bod and Juice Plus, but we've got him back again this time. But you've got COVID this time, Dean. I do. I do. I feel very... Am I, am I the first person you've ever had interviewed on COVID, with COVID? I think so, yeah. Ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. But yes, I do. I do currently have COVID. Does this mean that we have to isolate now? I think we, do we have do, to yeah. go into isolation because we've had him on the podcast. To be fair, with the size of my nose, it covers Hampshire, mate. So there's a good chance you might already have it. <laughs> <laughs> just want to clarify, we're not all in the same room, so we're not all like going absolutely rogue or on social distancing. Yeah, you or could like, be lying. I don't know. Adi, you sound like you're in a fucking spaceship, so we're definitely not near you. Hey, stop picking on we've me. We've just... Right. <laughs> he's tired. He's had a, I'm tired. He's had a long... I've had, had a long, long exercise of sleeping on... A normal bed, like no stag. To be honest, it was just the drive back today made me really tired. Is that what it was? was Yeah. Yeah. Did you crank the heating up? Put on hot. Yeah, it was Jack. Yeah, it was fucking well hot in there. Hot. Yeah. That's what they suggest when you're tired driving. They say like crank the windows up, turn the heating up. Oh yeah. yeah. Hot. Listen to classical. Yeah, classical FM. And like, is mm-hmm. is it like um, a, a couple of like uh, a couple of neurofen and strepsils, you know? Strepsils. I, I have no idea what the side effects are. To be honest with you, like, <laughs> you just trying to say, make things pass, make people pass out when they drive. I was just like, listen here. Medical, <laughs> Bre- breaking character for a moment. I was desperately trying to think of something that would make you go to sleep, and for some reason, I said strepsils. Strepsils. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why would you think of strepsils? Do not make you go to sleep. I don't out. think. Are you thinking of Lemsip? Yes, mm-hmm. Lemsip, that's it. Lemsip. Yeah. Or when your nan used to pour a cup of Horlicks. Ah. Talking about that old school yeah. good stuff. Old school, the dark, deep stuff that gets you... Uh, Horlicks you know, was the one. ...in the place. I fucking loved Horlicks as a kid. Jesus Christ. What was the other one? Ovaltine. Yep, Ovaltine. That was another one. And there was also that... Um, oh, is it coffee? That it's like what the students used to have, Mellow Birds. Cheap shit, mellow Bill's, birds. Bill's looking at us like, what the fuck are you old people talking about? That sounds like a dodgy white powder, <laughs> that does, Tom. Mellow birds. I mean, it could be. It all depends how you ingest it. Birds? At the end of the day. Birds aren't about birds again, Tom. What, what do you mean birds? We're not talking about birds. birds? Now, we? N- no, I've gone off the birds, to be honest with you. Well, that sounds a bit dodgy. Yeah, enough. No. Right. Well, there's, there's, there's bigger things to worry about now, isn't there? Like COVID. Like Agreed. COVID, this whole mask business. And like, obviously, we've been told that COVID is the reason behind the masks. But actually, I have a theory. I think there's like a splinter cell in the government that is like, the whole reason why we wear masks, you actually laugh, but this is actually going to sound quite somewhat believable. It's like a storyline from 24. 
I reckon this splinter cell government knows that we need to break free from the system. And the thing is, with the UK in particular, we're a big brother state. And, uh, like, facial recognition, etc. So I reckon that's what the masks are for. This isn't, this isn't comedic, by the way. This is a genuine fucking conspiracy. What is frustrating with masks is they're now like your wallet phone keys. You just yeah. have to yeah. do a checklist in your head before you leave the house that you've got your mask. Oh, God, yeah. And it's getting really fucking irritating because I always forget mine. So we've got yeah, like it's quite annoying, yeah. masks in all my coat pockets. Yeah. One in every, the car, one yeah. in the bag. Fucking four in, four in every pocket of every car place I have. Yeah. I've got one of those um, hook like hooks for your keys by your door. So I've got my car keys, my sunglasses, and I've got one for my fucking mask as well. Because it's just like essential it's items like it's now. It's meant to it? be. I think we can all agree, though, is that COVID is not a myth. No, it's not. Agree on that. No, it's not. But this not. episode is about myths, so people might get confused thinking we've started talking about COVID. They're probably thinking, are they going to say COVID's a myth? But we're not. This is our sort of semi-season finale of the myth season. We've spent the season going through all the various myths out there, but we thought we'd come together, wrap up the series, have a little break from it. We might go back to it, but this will sort of act as a season finale where we're going to tackle all the rest of the myths we haven't tackled in the rest of the series. What I should have said... And we're going to break them all down. Obviously, we've, we've got Dean with us. Oh, here we go. What, what are you going to say now, well, Tom? What I should have said was that strepsils were behind COVID, but I've fucked it. It's too late oh, now. fuck's sake. We'll leave that on the no, window. This is all no, you think about. No, we can go back. Bill's really good at editing. Go on. <laughs> Just fucking roll with we're, it. We're part of the problem if we do go back to it, don't we? We're, we're editing history. We're just uh, history's not real. History's not real, but strep cells. It's not real. Strep cells give you the same um, symptoms as COVID. It gives you a numb throat. Um, stops your sense of taste. Um, yeah, I've fucked this. Let's, let's just go straight into the myths. <laughs> let's move on uh, you've blown that one out of water mate <laughs> quickly, quickly before we uh, quickly before we move on Tom you're still fucking echoing mate and it's like pissing me off I can just hear it check one how about now <laughs> smooth, smooth. I don't know what it is I don't know why it... do you want me to go sit next to my steamer Not really far away <laughs> I'm just going to go stand next door how about now <laughs> do I sound okay I don't, I don't know if it's just when, when someone talks loud, it's coming out of someone's earphones. Maybe I don't know. Have we, is your earphones really shit or what? Is it maybe your is it your B and M earphones? No, I'm from B and M. Of course, they're shit. But then again, we did establish at the start of this that the cheaper the headphones, the better it seems to work. Yeah. I think that's your OCD kicking in, Bill. I just think you want things to be so perfect that you're just yeah, well, I can hear it. But when you go to edit, it's even worse. When you edit stuff, you're in like silence, so you can just hear all the little noises. I bet you sat there at night like, oh my God, these two are so shit. Oh, <laughs> just like editing. <laughs> I'm just going to edit the whole thing and they're not going to be in there. How's that now? I can't hear myself. Uh, see, you've upset our guests now, Bill. De- Dean's left. He's had enough. Yeah. Right, I'm going to get some tape and I'm going to... Did you notice how we went one side and then came in the other? <laughs> yeah. That was really weird, that. Like magic. Yeah. So, lads, first myth. Exercise machines work just as well as free weights. So this is a big one I've seen online. However, it's, it's, it is a myth, but have you looked, if you looked at the email I sent out, there was some conflicting stuff. I think we can all agree that free weights could potentially burn more calories simply because it's kind of... How can, how can you put it? There's more potential for it to use more... It requires a greater neuromuscular demand. Yeah, That's there you go. That's all lies. Why is that lie? If have you not seen how hard people work on Smith's machines? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I thought he was going to say something about the adductor yeah. machine then. With the... yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wondered where his mind was going. I think we can all agree, though, that yeah, yeah. free weights could potentially burn more calories because of uh, Dean's lovely way of putting it. But when we talk about building strength, power and mass, I found some quite interesting data on that. And it was, I mean, I, I can read out some information now. I know, I can see you eagerly looking at your script. He's looking at him, he's Look, like, let me get my studies out. He's like a, he's like a robot. I'd be interesting. I'd be interesting to find out in what publication somebody's turned around and said that free weights burn more calories than fixed weights do. It's probably that guy. Did you see on the Instagram the other day? I see, like he was doing like a lunge, sort of lunge, but he had like forty kilos, and he was Joel Seaman. Blokes, an absolute weapon. I I (laughs) think he's fucking awesome. Oh, finally! I think he's amazing. We're talking about Joel. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, actually, I just struggle to. Oh, I can't. I just can't. we'll save it. We'll save it for the Christmas special because I feel save like Seaman, We need to go full send it. But no, what I was basically saying was is that the the data does suggest that they can be quite similar in terms of strength, power, and mass gains using both machines. Because you think you can't, you think about you can do. There's no real huge difference. But one study did kind of conclude with for the best transfer into things like weightlifting, you're obviously going to benefit from using free weights. And for explosive power, you're going to benefit from using because you can't get that explosive power as much on a pec deck. Yeah. No. I mean. This is this is just a hypothesis, but in regards to it burning more calories for free weight exercises, I mean, depending on how heavy we're going, it could also be to do with... So if we're training free weights, we sometimes we're training on our feet. So let's take a barbell row, for instance, compared to a machine row. Perhaps intra-abdominal pressure could be behind that as well. We do tend to get a spike in our heart rate during intra-abdominal pressure, and uh, with a spike in the heart rate, we you know do tend to burn a few more calories do you want to just explain to our listeners what that is Tom? oh fucking hell no right oh, let's make uh, it easy it's where you it's where your brace really fucking yeah, well yeah yeah it's like you're you about go. to poo it's, imagine somebody's about to punch you in the stomach yes precisely I, that mike tyson that's that feeling just before there's your intra-abdominal pressure and you don't need to do that as much on a machine do you because you kind of it's doing it for you in a sense and two it? of those uh those examples go hand in hand because the whole like oh imagine you're going for a poo and, you know, if Mike Tyson is about to punch you in the stomach, chances are you probably are going to feel like you need to have a poo. Um, you know, you're going to shit yourself at the end of the day. But, like, the best way to describe intra-abdominal pressure is exactly that. It's where you, it is to do with how you breathe, but it's also to do with how you brace. Now, usually we, we hear shit trainers, um, I just just say trainers, really, say, oh, brace your core, etc. That is pretty much what they mean, even though that's probably not what they actually think they're, talking about at the time it's intra-abdominal pressure but yeah with i've got another way you can describe it as well and if you i've used this with clients in the past if you imagine a slinky when we create intra-abdominal pressure if we or we create rigidity around the midline imagine the slinky stacked on one stacked on top of one another of one another completed without any spirals or spaces or anything it's like that's that's your midline in complete control that's your midline contracting slinky opens up that's us relaxed that's us not bracing the midline correctly so if you take a deadlift for example or a squat or a press or anything of those movements slinky 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 where do you know when a slinky goes down the stairs that's what you've been doing that's kind of how i squat <laughs> that's how you squat like yeah going down the stairs. fucking look like a bag of slinkies getting thrown down the stairs 
I thought you was going to say that you tried throwing the, fl- the slinky up the stairs, and that's how you was doing it. Did you did you get that exercise from Joel Siegman? Uh, yeah, yeah. He said slinky round back go. Don't give him ideas. Jesus Christ! He's already bought a fucking Indiana Jones whip to the gym. Oh, the whip! Yeah. Oh, fucking! <laughs> we, don't that. so we don't need a <laughs> we don't need a slinky on the loose. Ten rounds of time. Let's go. <laughs> you know, uh, going back to like uh, intra abdominal pressure as well. It's another way to kind of uh, we're just got, like banning out loads of ways to describe it here. But another one is to imagine that you're tensing against a belt and you're trying to burst a belt off of your 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 midline basically. And believe it or not, you know, like a weightlifting belt, that is pretty much what you're trying to do. Is you're trying to brace against the belt you're wearing. But yeah, um, I wasn't aware this whole episode was about intra-abdominal pressure. So yeah, let's move on from that. Yeah, what? Well, I think we can. Would we all agree that for maximum sort of gains, so to put it, you want to have a mixture of both free yeah, weights and machines. Cool. If, that, if that's your, if you don't want to be just. And I think that's why I don't like the myth the way it was worded is saying. Yeah. Oh, they're saying that these, these machines aren't better. They sh- you shouldn't do that. They're basically trying to tell people they should only use free weights when really you should be using a mixture. I'll, I think I'll it's important as well to understand what demographic you're appealing to. If you've got somebody who's a novice inside novice coming to the gym they'll naturally gravitate towards fixed weights machines and that's rightly yeah, so yeah. because they can build that confidence and build that motor pattern before they can then establish playing you around feel with safe, don't you in the machine because yeah, exactly. the machine's protecting you isn't it because it's moving in a pattern that's designed already so you're yeah not, it's... you're not having to work as hard like if you've got like a seated dumbbell press Think about how much extra you're using just to try and keep them stable. And I think that's where the calorie thing comes from. That they say yeah. you burn more calories from the free weights because you are. You have to do more, aren't you? Yeah, you're, you're working more. So. Yeah, we happy with that one then? We'll move on to the next uh, one. I just want to quickly add on to that, mate. So just in regards, go just on, in regards to... Well, don't fucking sigh. I'm doing you a favour here. There was a big sigh there, wasn't there? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. Right, I need Sorry, to Tom. adjudicate right now. Gents, let's calm down. Yeah. Bill? Cheers, Dean. No, you've got to let him right, go out. Well, no, Honestly, right. wait till afterwards. It's all right. I'll have some juice. After the podcast. You need to go and have a coffee. It's okay. Like I've coffee. taken mm-hmm. a strepsil. I'm calming down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually making a speedball out of strepsils and uh, Horlicks. But yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell, right. But no, I mean, like in regards to strength and hypertrophy, you know, you can get both from uh, machines and free weights. But one thing that is important is specificity. So if you are actually performing a sport, let's say CrossFit, where a lot of it is free weights, that's where you'd get more of a benefit from actually performing those free weight movements than, can you even fucking do CrossFit on a machine? Jesus, I don't want to know. It's a scary thought. I think there's a lot more crossover, isn't there? There's a lot more crossover with, with free weights when you look at everyday, real-life human movement patterns. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you put yourself in a unilateral, unbalanced position, you use free weights, which are going to have a greater neuromuscular demand than what fixed weights may be, then there's obviously going to be a little bit more crossover. But as you said there, it's still fucking important to have both items in your toolbox and at your disposal. And you even go, any any functional fitness facility now has a wide array of both of those because of that reason, because they all have their part to play. I mean, do you know what? In regards to strength, I just do bench press but when I do bench press, I tend to retract my shoulder blades deep back into the bench. But that does mean that I don't get as much pec activity because of that. However, I'll then supplement that now. If I just start doing this now, by the way, I'll actually go onto a machine chest press because I can actually protract my shoulder blades forward this time and I can contract my chest better. And because I'm on a machine, I ain't going to be worried about stabilization because the machine's only going one way. So that's just an example of how I use both movements in the context of a free weight push 
And that's it, isn't it? Using and both. The, yeah, we, think, both are we not? Are we not bringing it to like the when Tom talks, he goes off screen? Well, I, it's, I have to. Have you noticed he goes? So what I'm about to tell you is blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah, I think if that's... his microphone's off screen. Now you see me? No, you don't. I, how do we know it's him that's talking right now? Could That's be the birds. A, oh, it could I like be the that. birds. Mm. Yeah. They could have control of him. Do you know what? If I was under control, it'd be Bill's No, fault. move your mic. I don't believe right. anything you're coming out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the screen's blurry now. Yeah. <laughs> Something's not working. I'm, I'm saying metamorphosis into a beak. <laughs> but no, it's because Bill's maybe put my microphone two miles away from the webcam. <laughs> <laughs> oh... We established that he is a dictator. He is. Yeah, we have. Uh, we've established it. We've established that he is the, like Kim Jong Un. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, so now I'm a, I'm a fat North Korean. Bloke. Except not fat, not North Korean. Yeah. Just a dictator. Just a dictator. You just wanted to add in Kim. You just, say name, just wanted to say Kim Jong Un. Even the way you're posed on your little microphone there, it's like a podium. You look. <laughs> it <is> actually. <laughs> it looks like it, all you need is a balcony background, mate, and yeah. you look Bill, like a dictator. Bill, you actually. Everybody just clapping. Should we just clap for you, Bill? Woo, Bill! <laughs> just gonna get. <laughs> Let's all do it. He's oh, first so angry right now. We, we need to. You need to buy him a green screen Bill, so he can make it look like. Bill actually looks like he's at the Nuremberg trials. <laughs> this is brilliant. In- I don't think we're going to finish this episode at this rate. Sorry, Jim. I mean, we're on myth number one, right? Have we, have we, <laughs> we've done, have we've done we established one number 12. two yet? Should we move no, on to no, two? Let's move on to two. I right. So, number two is in the same vein of machines. It is ooh, ooh. treadmill running versus road running. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Interesting. 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 So, Come on, then. What's the theory? So, what I've heard is you get you can get more calories running on the road compared to treadmill running, which I'd, I'd kind of agree with to a certain thing about it. Again, once again, you're using more muscles. There's no aid from the treadmill. Unless, I don't know, if you're using one of those assault runners, I've not, I haven't used much exposure to them. Have you used one, Dean, before? The ones that the yeah, manual assault runners with the curve? But it's, even with the assault runners... It's you, momentum, it's, isn't it? It's preemptive, yeah, momentum, it's momentum. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah, okay, with road yeah. running, like you said, it's undulating ground. Yeah, you can't really... The elements, always it's windy. just in environmental conditions. Yeah, 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 of course, I think you would. I think road running as well, it's a good thing about getting you outdoors as well. Compared to treadmill, too, too many people are happy just to stay indoors all the time, and I think it's good to get outdoors a little bit. Um, I would like to say that for me that doesn't matter because people exercising is better than people not exercising at all, and then you can go down to the sort of social, social, social economic side of stuff oh, where people aren't in. people aren't being able to Done go it. outside or too scared. Yeah, not comfortable. You know what? I fucking dropped it before Tom did. You did, yeah. I'm fucking done. Podcast. No, done. honest to God. Bye, Andy. Uh, right, that that was Ben on. I'm very much on the fence. It comes back to specificity, doesn't it? It comes back to that all the time. It very much depends on your role-related tasks. It depends on what your goals are. Um, I think if you're competing for a half marathon or a marathon, it's important to add road oh, running to training. Likewise, yeah. of course. if you are somebody who's doing this from a body compositional perspective and you're doing it for health and well-being there's n- and you are at a weight which is probably detrimental to your health then maybe road running isn't for you at this stage but later on down the line it should be it should definitely be something that people are are aspiring to do we're primal we're primal people we're we're human beings we're we're born to move in that way in such a way so i think that people shouldn't restrict anything of the sort like is treadmill running better than road running 
again, it depends in the context, doesn't it? If I've got an overweight male or an overweight female that is earning the right to move through this running pattern and we're trying to build some sustainability, we're trying to get them to their 60 years old without having to have two knee replacements, then of course, treadmills are going to be a little bit of a more viable option for those people. However, you're a tactical athlete. It's important that you're running outside across different terrain in a multitude of different environments because that's what you need to train for when it comes to being able to operate in an environment that's unknown and then that demand ceases and you recover. Like it's really important. I think it's it's interesting. It'd be interesting to see, you know, ca- more calories on a road. Absolutely, I yeah, think there would be. I agree with that. Um, there's some the muscular responses are quite interesting because I'm looking at there was a mate analysis. I, I, I'll link it in the show notes, but it basically went through. It was fucking it was so science heavy. This study it was ridiculous. I mean, I don't understand half of it, but it came kind of came to a conclusion that it could be quite similar in the responses your muscle can get compared to two. It's not too far off. But then, as you said, it comes down to that specifically what your what your goals are, what your what you want to achieve. Again, so like said, you if you're a marathon, the elements runner, you need to there, get the, all these yeah, elements, different yeah, factors course, yeah. that are put. Uh, yeah, there's put a lot across. of factors. Yeah. I mean, if I'm to branch off a little bit, but, you know, going from something like road running to trail running, trail running and treadmill running in particular are two totally different things. I mean, we've even seen, like, the massive difference in injury rates in regards to road runners versus trail runners. So, yeah, that's, like, yeah, it's obvious reason, that's massively it? different. But I have no issue with people running on treadmills if they just, like, run on a treadmill. And as Andy brought up earlier, and Andy fucking top score for saying it as well, and that was the socio-economic side, and that is... Now, I understand. I used to be one of those people where I was like, what is the point of coming to the gym just to run the treadmill and then go home again? But I can tell you now... I can tell you now from experience, if you live in somewhere like fucking Brixton or another high-crime area, you don't want to be fucking running on the street. Tom, why have you like moved away from your microphone about the Because mic? I heard myself echoing. I didn't hear it. Well, I did. <laughs> I, like, thought, I roll- thought you were doing it because me and Andy were going to call you out for not talking and conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, I can't you, like, get the word roll- you like rolled away like about a mile. Then I was thinking, are you go, you leaving the room or what? I'm really, I, I literally cannot even touch my keyboard. I'm that far away. Get closer, <laughs> mate. Don't be scared. You know what I mean? <laughs> Am I echoing now? I can hear myself a little bit. On- yeah, but you're off screen. I don't like it. I, th- I think you're trying to do something. There we go. I'm eating a Chinese off screen. <laughs> no, I'm joking. That. <laughs> That's uh, in the microwave. But yeah, you, you've got my point now. You can edit all of this out. <laughs> that's quality. You can edit all what, of that you out. you have a Chinese in your microwave? That's, that's staying in, Tom. Oh, oh fuck's sake. <laughs> I didn't want Ding to hear it in case he feels sick. We already had this... What, what would I feel sick about? My Chinese in the microwave. Because what you said about sweet and sour making you feel sick. Oh, see, look Just at the face. Taste, yeah. <laughs> I could do with a Chinese, to be fair. <laughs> what were you saying, Tom? I've lost a complete. I've lost complete train of thought. <laughs> um, what were you talking about then? Something about socioeconomics. Yeah. Brixton. We, that's it, people yeah. running in Brixton on a treadmill because it's safer. We was about yeah. to go to the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> right, next topic. I want you to guess who this next one. This is a submit. This is submitted for Instagram. I want you to guess who this one got submitted by. So the myth is that birds are real and dinosaurs weren't uni- unionized. Wake oh, up. Well, that's either me or Andy, isn't it? <laughs> what do you mean you're, it was obviously you Tom you're the one who fucking sent that in I was going to say there's, I just can't see Andy saying birds are real and dinosaurs were not unionised I just can't see it there's the, no. just Andy would Tom, say 
What was that? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm done. I fail. We uh, failing. Right, Tom, what, do you want to explain that? Uh, so you think birds are now real? What did I send you? I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm sure you... Oh, my God, this is brilliant. If you're going back on what you said before, Tom, I do not respect you. I, I'm the reason I followed you is because you were telling people that birds weren't real. <laughs> you know what I mean? But now you're saying birds are real. I don't get it. And don't Tom, no. you are sending me mixed messages and I don't like it. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I said birds aren't real. It's, it's you mis, miswording me. Nah, you definitely said that birds are oh, real. This right. is like Boris Johnson all over. This is, no, this, is, mm-hmm. this is the fucking dictator gaslighting me. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, I'm going to get up right now. Right. Yeah, do it. You need to do this. And for evidence, he's going to stick it next to the webcam and then we're all going to see what you actually said about birds being real and dinosaurs were not unionised. And we're going to have to call you out on this. Just watching Bill on camera flicking through 500 notes. So were birds... Here we go. That You put that birds are real and dinosaurs weren't unionised. Wake up, sheep. Did I really? That's yeah. fucking autocorrect. I don't think it's going to... I'll see if I get on there. Hold on. Birds are real and dinosaurs weren't unionised. Wake up, right. people. That, he is that right. That has to like, be... I would not say that. That's that's a, autocorrect. Somebody's... So this is some splinter cell shit that's gone on and yeah. they've gone into your phone, hacked it, sent a message to Bill. That is... In trying to be you. So it's got to be something with those 5G towers outside of your house. Tom... Do you know, I'm genuinely devastated that that's coming no. from you. Right, listen, can I say something? It, it probably was me that said that in those exact words, but I might have just been absolutely off my tits on strep seals and horlicks. Oh, how are you <laughs> supposed to shoot right. all this? You've kept this going. Listen, <laughs> listen, now is the time. Are we still on number four, by the way? <laughs> listen. <laughs> yes. I'm so I, confused I think... about what I don't you were know laughing. Anymore, Dean. I don't you were know. laughing when I'm trying to come clean that I've got an issue and I need help. <laughs> what, with strep seals? <laughs> You know, I'm I'm reaching out here, and you're just you're laughing. Oh, you're laughing. God. Moving You've on. You've been watching too much conspiracy TV. Number five. Number five. Number, <laughs> well, number five. Number four. I don't know. We'll just keep going. I don't know. That right, one, the next that one. Come to a close. Yeah. This is a big. It says we probably see this one all the time. It's fat loss targeting slash setups plus crunches will give you abs. That sort of that sort of certain thing. You can target fat loss with certain exercises that will make certain body parts look better categorically cannot spot reduce fat. Yeah, I think we could put that one to bed. Period. If you are using crunches to get your rock-hard washboard abs for your holiday, please stop what you are doing and bang your head against the nearest dumbbell because that is not... Yeah, but everyone says that Mayweather did a thousand sit-ups a day and that's why he's got six. (laughs) It's got to be true. It's got to be true, Dean. Mayweather did it. He did but a thousand. But they're all day. forgetting the other thousand things he did outside of sit-ups that yeah, exactly, also yeah. got him to where he needs to be. Like, but you do still see this, and I'd be it'd be interesting to hear with with Tom working in a commercial gym chain. It would be interesting to hear how often it comes oh, up all the time, in mate. an environment. It still happens. Yeah, I suppose it's still being seen in a tactical athlete setting. All of you have seen it in a tactical athlete saying, like people that are coming in doing hundreds of thousands of sit-ups and crunchies, and it's just like, what is the goal? What's the old, what's the end product? Are you looking? Well, I hear all the time, Dean. Or... You get someone to come to this. Oh, I'm going to go do um, going to do an ab circuit now because I want to try and get like to tone up my six pack, and I'm just like, 
what, what do you mean you want to turn up your set? I said, fucking, you need to just like, you need to do some work in the kitchen, really. You don't need to just sit on the mat and do a thousand setups. And they just, they, it just baffles people's minds when you tell them that you have to do X, Y, Z over what they think. And I don't get why it's, I thought like this myth's been debunked so many times, yet it still comes up every fucking time. I think time. it holds some, some warrant as well because, yeah, your of course, to a degree, yeah. Still need to be trained for yeah, the full of course, range yeah, yeah. of motion. They're like any other muscle group. They still need to be targeted if that's, if that's what you're trying to do. But in the same vein, like think often people come up like, oh, abs are built in the kitchen. Well, yes and no. In it's a still a muscle and needs I to be know people, Yeah, exactly. I know people that eat loads of shit and at the end of the day, they still look really good. And I'm talking over consumption of calories on a daily basis, but they still have some sort of definition. So I think that's a real quick get out clause, but you're right. It's it like if you're going to do any core conditioning or any core work go on crack on do your abs do your yeah, yeah. little abs it's about being time like efficient efficient with your time isn't it really just make it honest, a bit but... more make it a bit more enjoyable nobody wants to sit there on the floor and roll backwards and forwards doing thousand sit-ups like you, there's there's more as it. mentioned i do work in a commercial gym and yeah you're, you're ban on dean like this is a question that gets asked all the time and it's not just abs it's other things like oh the back of my arms the triceps oh i just want to grow my bum or oh i just want to have a slightly bigger thighs like really like obscure singular places isolated muscles but can we just stop and think about if that was even possible in the first place if you could isolate one muscle disregarding nutrition nutritional protocols etc calories in calories out let's say that you could grow one particular muscle and just spot reduce where fat grows from that area have you ever seen a french poodle and how like do you know where i'm going with this a french poodle it has like that how weird, How it, would weird look. it would look. Let's say little old Doris only ever did tricep pushdowns. <laughs> and she only... Why is it always Doris, she, Tom? Why is it always she Doris? she only burned fat on the back of her arms. How weird would you look? Or let's just say you did you did spot reduce your stomach, but you were morbidly obese in your thighs. The problem is, is this isn't just with Doris and Maureen and all them. It's actually still relevant in... Relevant? 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 It's still a common misconception with normal athletes as well. People still thinking that they can either spot, grow something or reduce something. It just can't happen. It's money. Weird. It's money. It's yeah, always money. It's, it's, it's a client that goes, oh, I just want to get rid of like a little bit of this, a little of this. I'll do it for you. £30 an hour. I'll do this for you. £50 an hour. There's... There's no explanation moral, behind it. it. Yeah, you've got the, the moral the, obligation for you. Yeah, to there's no explanation. The there's just a trainer that says, "Yeah, I can do that." Yeah, it, and it just is. We're just going to. I mean, do you can. Punch. Trainers can help people get in the best shape of their life, but what they can't do is they can't guarantee and promise that. Yeah, we'll we'll get you washboard abs, or we'll get you, you know, we'll get you that those those thighs that you've been longing for for years, or we'll get rid of the bingo wings that you know you've got going on around the arms. Like you can't promise that. It just. Like there's there's a level there's a level of unhealthy that comes with that phrase and people still do think that they can spot reduce and more importantly can specifically target I mean to a degree we talk about bodybuilders right bodybuilders can certainly lean more towards specific body parts in order yeah, to develop course, yeah. them further of course we know that that's not that's not a myth we're not talking about that but what we are saying is that don't think for one minute that you can spot reduce fat in a certain area and don't think that crunchies are going to give you the fix that you're looking for because it fucking won't. No. Happy with that then. We'll move on to the, the next one. This is another uh, Instagram submission. 
This one came from a friend of mine called Sam. He basically put anything nutrition-based, carbs are bad, don't eat after seven, plus pineapple can't go on pizza. So I feel like that's what we need to tackle. Forget the other ones, we need to tackle pineapple on pizza. What are people's thoughts? Can go on pizza. Bullshit. Oh, no. I'm, I'm going to vote it, it can. Right, he's not going on the podcast again. If you're in Hawaii, <laughs> you can put pineapple on pizza. No. Tom, Tom, you'll be very quiet. <sighs> this is the decider, Tom. You have the deciding vote. <laughs> Me personally, Mom, I, I like you at the moment, so fucking tread carefully. <laughs> You've already fucking spat me out about birds. Okay, well, before you go, Tom, before you go, I'm going to give Andy a warm feeling. Andy, if there was a ham, ham and pineapple pizza in front of me and it was the only choice, I'd eat it. However, given the choice, it would be meat feast all day. Just thought I'd let you know that, okay? I just okay. want to let you know that right. I would go full meat blown. However, if there's a Hawaii pizza there and it's all that's available, I'm going to yeah. dig in and have a slice. I'm, I'm the same there, to, to be honest with you. If I wouldn't choose it, but if it was there, I'd eat it. I'd take it off. I'd, I'd take really? It you hate it yeah. that much? But this is coming off. from somebody that's had maybe 14, 16 months out of date corned beef hash in a ration pack before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially, but it's a warm baked warm beef. pineapple. It's warm. Ah, warm so it's just pineapple. warm. The warmness. So if you add warm, ah. have you had an apple crumble? No, it's fucking disgusting. Okay, fruit right. custard trifle. Fucking disgusting. Okay, strong. All right, well, Andy. We've established that. Andy, mate, you see that button at the top right of your screen? It says leave session. If you just click that, <laughs> and uh, we'll, uh, Wait, we'll see we you next week. Wait, we still need to hear Tom's vote. <laughs> me, Tom's vote. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Andy's about to erupt. Love it. Tom, over to you. Ham on pineapple. Right. What are you saying? Personally, I don't like it. Fucking Ray doesn't like it. However, <laughs> Andy, Andy, we can't give up socioeconomic issues. Maybe people only have access to pineapples and pizza dough. <laughs> right. People only have access it, to pineapples. It doesn't work like that because it's actually cheaper to get just a standard margarita pizza uh, or, or just a ham pizza than it is to... That's adding extra. You, it doesn't work. My fucking it, brain's broken right, it, right it now. It does work because I tell you what, I... I had a mate that used to do deliveries for Pizza Hut, right? But he was once in a in a, a Pizza Hut delivery aeroplane. He's dead. Mm. And uh, the plane went down over <laughs> the Pacific. <laughs> and it landed on like this little island. Now, as the plane broke apart in half, like all the meat flew out the back of the fuselage. <laughs> but like what did survive on the island with him was like the pizza dough. So all he had was the pizza dough. And this island with his pineapples, so you know, social. Yeah, but that's a pi- that's a that's that's a pineapple pizza. I, that's not what we're talking know, about. We're talking about ham and pineapple. I know people talk about socioeconomic sometimes being a far reach, and everyone knows that pineapple is the fucking creme de la creme of like not not basics. Okay, if you were talking like a corned beef hash pizza, I could totally understand. But you're talking about pineapple. Pineapples for rich people. So. I tell you what, you know, like, here's the thing. I do bulk at uh, pineapple on pizza because I'm like, oh, you know, say, uh, sweet and savoury is sometimes okay, but other times it isn't. And in regards to pineapple pizza, like, I think it's not okay. However, however... Oh, he left. Yeah. He left. <laughs> yeah. This is a new had... turn of events. He literally had enough. He had enough of your pineapple shit, Tom, and he fucking left. What's interesting is we've only really answered one third of this question 
I know, yeah, we have really. We? Well, the other points I'm not too bothered about, we can leave. We've, we need we've to, covered yeah. them. We've we need covered Andy back, surely. Are we going to get him back anytime? I've got to wait for Andy to come back because uh, there's a caveat to this. And you know, Dan, I'm going to feel I'm going to feel bad for bringing up sweet and sour again. But it's like, oh no, don't. I feel I feel bad when I say, oh, you know, in a in a sweet and savoury setting, pineapple and pizza doesn't really go well together. But at the same time, like with sweet and sour chicken, you usually get big chunks of pineapple in it, and I don't really bat an eyelid to that. So it's hypocritical for me. I was really philosophical about that in a weird way over fucking pineapple. Moving on. I think when Andy finally returns, that some people like it and some people some don't. People don't. Andy some people hate it that much. Clearly, yeah, yeah. Andy's clearly so far right against pineapple. He needed to leave the session, and we've wel- welcome back, Andy. We're really welcome glad back, that Andy. you've come back from your tantrum about pineapple, and we just want to let you know that Tom voted in favour of no pineapple. I, this is I fucking bullshit, Andy. <laughs> Andy it's all lies. <laughs> No, he no, voted in favour. He was in favour of no pineapple. He's on your side. I wouldn't even mind, but I fucking, you know I fucking, fucking hate pineapple right. in general. No. You know <laughs> to be fair, though, we all are in favour of a meat feast over a pineapple pizza. Like even Bill, who's a vegan. Here. Well, I wouldn't have a meat feast. I wouldn't have a meat feast pizza, but ha- ham and pineapple. I just imagine two males trying to dock. It, it just doesn't. It just doesn't fit. Okay, it just doesn't fit. Uh, Andy, that is a thing. You can Google docking. I think we should answer the second part of this three-part question. I'm, I'm a bit concerned that this could go... This this is getting out of control. We'll move, we'll move on to the next one, which was... Uh, yeah, please. This was this was submitted by Ellie, uh, another fan of the show. She said... Wait, didn't we lifting... say something about carbs, by the way? We oh, no, we've, 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 we've established that in another, in another episode, Dean. We don't need to do that now. I just wanted to talk about the pineapple thing. I thought that'd be an explosive myth, and it, and it proved to be one because Dean, uh, Andy actually left. So uh, This one then, lifting will make you look like a man, and she put, quote in, mother, when I lift heavy. Um, so I'd like mom- to say that's bullshit because I'm still trying to get there. <laughs> Andy's living proof of this. He's just, he's just told everybody. Yeah. This is still... Doesn't... Still, one of my biggest bugbears. One of my biggest bugbears. For two reasons. One, because people are that uneducated that they don't understand how much time and effort goes into growing and developing lean muscle tissue or any muscle tissue for that matter. Like People are that naive to think that I don't want to lift weights because I'm going to get really hench and bulky like a man. What? It doesn't that's, happen overnight, does it? You don't fucking, do a bicep curl. No, that's yeah. a bullshit statement. Like that's such a shit reason for not lifting weights. Why not? Yeah, why not go into the depths of why you're not lifting weights? Because it's probably quite a heavily masculine dominant environment that you've seen before on TV, or you feel threatened by that sort of area of the gym. That's fine. Say those things, but don't come out and say, ah. Oh, you know, lifting's going to make you look like a man because that's a fucking bullshit statement. And it's something that we, it's it's the same with all of these, you know, calories in versus calories out. It's that easy. We need to kind of get away from that language because it's too easy to say things like that. There's so much more that goes on behind the curve. 
and I'll argue that statement there is actually creating a barrier to to good exercise. The healthy the healthy habit of lifting weight is creating a barrier to female. Yeah. In, in, in particular, this question, they might not want to lift weight anymore because they're like, oh, I don't want to look like a man. But it's not true at exactly. all. But and enough, all enough people are saying it, it becomes true in a sense, isn't it? Because more more and more people are saying it. Yeah, and it only takes one person in that social environment to say it, and then before you know it, 15, 10, 15 other people start to believe that that's the case. But more importantly, this preconceived and premeditated idea that you've been that somebody's perpetuated on you from day one, get one that you've come out of your mother's womb of, oh, don't lift weights because you're going to get heavy or look like a man. That's, again, you've been failed by your fucking parents. Like, it shouldn't, it shouldn't. I get, I def- I, I'm, I'm with you on all of that. I am. I do think that the media, uh, like the social side of it, because everything's trying to put that sort of sexy glam bang on it. Like you, like, let's, let's take CrossFit for instance. Like, they wear pretty much nothing. All the dudes are jacked and all the chicks are jacked. But and what they do is they're like, bam, 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 bam. And these are people bam, at the bam, end of, bam. And these, it's, and these it's are like people shit. are really far into their fitness journey. And that's what the... Yeah, that yeah. But again, but that's what we see. Yeah, that's exactly that's what I'm saying. We you see know, that, but if, people need to, you went people to be box, aware of it. You're yeah. going to see people from very, very beginners. 90% of the normal people that are trim looking healthy, looking good, and they're happy where they are. And then you see that 10% that are jacked that want to go to the games. You know, and you see that, but what social media shows is nothing but sexy, jacked people, you know? So I can see where people are intimidated and, and it comes down to what Dean was saying. It's, it's maybe like the, not the right thing that they're saying, but it may be contributing to what they're saying, you know? Yeah. Cause we're not as an, as an industry, sorry, Tom, as an industry, we're not helping ourselves. Like we're not, the media is not doing us any favours. You look at any Gymshark athlete, they're in great shape regardless of yeah. whether they're a male or a female. But now, all of a sudden, they're starting to see that, well, what about the normal woman that has the cellulite or the normal man that, which they have yet, which, which are they yet to do yet? They haven't got a sponsored athlete who has a dad bod. They, they've seemed to resonate more with the females that look a little bit, less like some vogue front cover model but again it's still a little too late in my mind with that gymshark stuff but this goes on to everything you know there's loads of people loads of different industries loads of different companies in the fitness space that are still doing what you've just said putting out but it's that pu- it's pushing that yeah. sexiness that all sexy, the time sexy, yeah. sexy sexy of course it's because they're, they're selling a product there's a product without anything in the industry there's a product so there's an expectation it. of men are supposed to do this and women are supposed to do that basically and it's oh and it's, it's, yeah. it's bollocks i mean one thing i want to mention is that in regards to you know is weight training going to turn women into absolute you know she beasts no not necessarily i mean for starters the testosterone difference between men and women is pretty dramatic don't get me wrong of course you could gain muscle as a as a female uh, doing weight training of course you can there's no issue with doing that but yeah there's a big difference in like testosterone levels um i mean if i was fuck it, i don't want to start like quoting things without realizing but i know it's like men tend to have like 10 11 times more testosterone than women uh, with yeah, that, don't quote me it. on that, but it's something along yeah. those numbers. But it's higher. Yeah. But as long as you just now, like higher. Let's it? just say, unless a female is taking <clears throat> certain supplements, you know, if a certain female, if females were taking certain supplements, then yeah, of course you could get monstrous. But even then, like, it takes a fucking serious amount of dedication, not just simply picking up a free weight to get to that state in the first place. I mean, even as men, look how hard blokes train naturally and they. And half of them don't even end up looking like men in the first place. (laughs) 
So, you know, so what, you know, for women to get to that stage where they do build, you know, serious amounts of muscle, it's it's pretty much like a that's your lifestyle. That's a. But again, look at look at look at what we're born and raised on. Uh, anyone here had a He-Man done? Yeah, a He-Man. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look at that. That's what we have to grow up to as kids. This is what a man looks like. He's fucking jacked. A female. What does a normal female have? A Barbie. What is she? Slender, looking fine, titties up in the air. I don't want to look like the He-Man. Yeah? And 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 it, yeah. And it's and we're putting this now. If you turned around and 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 you you were growing children up with actually there's a female with like muscular legs, not massive, muscular legs, muscular shoulders. She's she works out a lot. She has a frame on her. Would that not be the normal? But we have to kind of stop now. This new thing of the strong is sexy and the, the strong is the new me. I think we're going in the right direction. I think we're we're moving away from it, but I think it's going to be a very very hard one to to get off because it's that sort of the older the dinosaurs of the the generations they're going to still be holding on to that. Oh, I don't want to look and and I think the people's input can can really affect like younger pe- the younger generation. I think the uh, the the level of coaches and trainers now in industry is getting. It's getting better, I think. Um, I think there's still a lot of work to do. But hopefully, as the industry begins to evolve, people begin to realise that it takes... Uh, it's a, it's a quite a personal subject for me because I know I've got... Being coming from a bodybuilding background and be living that lifestyle with some of my closest friends who I know the struggles that they go through of how to look the way they look and what they do on stage in UK BFF, NABBA, WABBA. It's not a simple case you know, of, of they fancy picking up the not, weights one day. It really it is their life. But again, <laughs> it, it really, and it is their livelihood as well. You know, people put their life and soul into this in, into that industry to be able to get on stage and be judged against so many other people that hearing somebody go, ah, oh, you know, lifting will make you look like a man. Well, that, again, you, you, you're part of this problem of equality and diversity. Saying things like that, it will make you look like a man. Well, okay, that's such a shit statement. You know what I mean? It's just, it's outdated and it needs to die alone. You're, poten- you're potentially stopping 10, 15, 20 women reaching a, a potential phenomenal like like industry and, and doing something great, you know? You're right, mate. Just and with, yeah, with, I have a, with a few that, words. I have clients that come to me that, even they'll put send they'll do a type they'll do an inquiry form with me and one of the things they'll say is you know because i deal a lot with health performance and body composition and they'll come up and go right okay you know i want to i'd love to lose i'd lose some weight etc cetera, etc cetera. but that doesn't have a strong enough meaning when we dig down to the depths of it then one of the things that comes out nine times out of ten with a lot of people especially in the female population unfortunately is that ah oh, I, I i don't want to look too muscular or two hench and then I'll kind of sit down and I'm like right let's jump on a call and let's chat about what your perceptions are about this journey and this process performance life health wellness body composition so much more than just I don't want to pick up that bar and start squatting just in case I get legs like he-man or I don't want to start bench pressing or doing any overhead pressing because I don't want big huge shoulders when ultimately if you want to pick your grandkids up in 40 50 years time and bounce on a trampoline with them you're going to need to do all these things to make sure we build those fundamentals to then go forward. And that's the message that needs to be a little bit clearer with people is that it's not going to make you get big and strong and make you look like a, a man. That First of all, they're two things that yeah, are like stupid. That. 
But more importantly, you're training yourself for life, mate. You're training to play with your grandkids when you're 70 years old and you want to be able to run around a garden and kick a football or you want to throw a ball overhead. But you can't do that because you've spent most of your life worried about picking up a dumbbell just in case your shoulders get too butch. I mean, come on. We, we, we can be better at this. We can do more as, as, a, as a coaching cohort. Once again, it comes down to creating unnecessary barriers to exercise. <laughs> we can, yeah, we cover that on then, so I'm happy with that. Basically, don't worry. You're not going to get massive from lifting weight, unfortunately. Uh, next one's it's pretty similar vein in a sense. It's saying you shouldn't do cardio if you want to get big slash strong. Hmm. Mm. I, I, two side two sides to this argument. Yeah, two sides. I've noticed yeah. that we've all kind of gone hmm there. So it sounds like we're going to hear yeah. a fair bit of a. Let's just say it depends on the context. Well, yeah, I don't think cardio inherently is going to make you small, uh, is it? Inherently, there's the you're, key you're word, enough, inherently. Yeah. Inherently. So I'm going to throw a mix in the, a little spanner in the works because I think you can be both. I think, in fact, fact, you can 100% Fortunate. be strong, be aesthetic, reach the body compositional look that you're going for, have an unrivaled engine at this, and have an unrivaled engine at the same time. I Are you do about think that, that is achievable. <laughs> Not at all. Like You can go into any, any sport. You go back to decathletes you know decathletes were the some of the best athletes in the world before crossfit became apparent yeah yeah anyone that was in an anyone who said they're an, uh, an athlete what do they do oh i'm a decathlete or i do sp- i'm a sprinter or whatever they were incredibly powerful incredibly strong yeah and they had lungs Fucking that big you, as exactly, well they looked <laughs> they looked big the as part well, well look at perform. usain bolt recently usain bolt's put on some fucking size isn't he it looks great wow. for it as well yeah. like genuinely looks good for it but you know you look at I think you can, in male and female, both of those things, you know, Kelly Holmes, for example, you know, look at how she was strong, she was athletic, she was aesthetic, she was an incredible athlete. So even on a female front, I think you can be both. But it ultimately comes down to what demographic you're appealing to, what demographic we're talking about. Like if you're general population, it's going to be difficult for you to be you you got to be have some genetics in there. You've got to be pretty. You got to be pretty well-rounded person to be able to throw two hundred kilos in a deadlift or bench press one hundred and forty and then squat one hundred and eighty, and then be able to sprint, you know, a sub eleven second and then be able to run a five k in under twenty minutes. And also, you've got to be some sort of yeah, there's got to be, you know what yeah, I mean? Or, created. It's or have the time to actually put that yeah, work or in. Or have the time because you've done it from a young age. But it's, that's why I'm saying on both sides of the fence, it's if you're going to choose, as a, as a normal human being in general pop, I think the best thing to do is rather than focus on both at the same time, which can become like this hybrid athlete, which is really difficult to do. It's time consuming. Maybe your efforts could be manipulated slightly toward one side over a period of time and then you come back and revisit some other stuff like it's an ever-ending cycle which is it's i can i can see where the myth comes from just in the sense that if if you're having to spend some of your time that you'd be spent lifting on cardio because you've only got a limited amount of time during your week you could be mitigating the chance of getting big and getting strong because you're spending the time on cardio when you really should be just lifting because you haven't actually got the time in the week any, to anyone do. know you speak to any big lifter any more than six reps is cardio anyway so yeah. but in the same breath if, if you want to be if you want to be big and you want to be strong 
and you want to be that Adonis of a, of a human being, man or woman, then doing cardio isn't, it's not then something that you just do at the end of a workout. It becomes a necessity for you to have a strong, healthy heart and a strong, healthy cardiorespiratory system. You can't just put it in the back burner and go, tell you what, I'm not going to do any sort of cardio. I'm not even going to walk. I'm not even going to try and get 10,000 steps or whatever it might be or etc. because I want to get this crazy, big-ass, buff person. Like, yeah, that's... I, don't, I, I still feel that's like a date. That's a dated myth, isn't it? Like, surely people know that you can be strong as fuck, you know? And I, if you watch Eddie Hall, he's an example of this because this bloke packed on food and weight and became this insane looking person but realized that his health was ultimately at a massive risk so he yeah, was able it? to be strong big and fit and you see the bloke on a true form runner or on a concept two hell i tell you what i want to go against him that bloke's fit physically i mean fit. he's actually put up recent videos of doing some spa sessions on like i know it's only pad work but jesus christ he's still got some speed he's got some stamina on him i mean for bloke his size you know he has you know he's got a fair bit of a uh, cardiac output again we look we this comes back to old old uh mindsets i think of people generically just going okay I'll get, I do all my workout first and then at the end I'll do some cardio just to cover it. These sort of things, you do one or the other, you know, and, and it's old, old, fucking old weight room talk. Same with Eddie, like this thing of Eddie Hall going, oh, he's a big lad. Oh, look how he moves. And it's like, there's, there's nothing in the book that says big guys can't move fast. We always talk about, I've done it before. I'm like, oh, he's a big guy. You shouldn't be able to shift. And then you see him pick up someone and he fucking shifts and you're like, Oh my god, it's like this shock factor. When they really, I've just judged someone. I've pre preconcepted, preconceived, pre preconceived. Yeah, I've d- I've done this thing where I've just looked at someone and gone, "He's big, he can't move." Yeah, that's when, just a pre medical wrong. Exactly. Yeah, and it's and I think it's this old mindset that we need to get rid of. I agree with that. I think so. And even more importantly, like going into context, if you're a weightlifter, so let's talk about this from performance perspective. If you're a weightlifter or a powerlifter the need for you to do any form of aerobic oxidative that typical metabolic demand to get that adaptation is pretty minimal you don't there's not really much of a requirement for you to do hours and hours and hours of cardio but it may be important to put some form of metabolic condition in there to keep weight down or to keep you healthy keep you ticking over keep it invigorating keep it varied but on the other side of the fence you know, someone who is, let's take Kipchoge, he's not going to put in hours and hours of strength work in the gym. He's simply not going to do that. I was absolutely overwhelmed to listen to his coach give a seminar down at Team Ineos a few months back. And he was talking about he only really commits to two 40-minute sessions each week when he does strength and conditioning. And it's all really controlled, balanced, stability, unilateral work. You know, it there's the requirement for him to do umpteen amount of back squats is not needed so even somebody of that stature who is a high level elite endurance runner he just needs to do the minimum to make sure that he's keeping hold of that strength inside his legs likewise from a powerlifter or a weightlifter's perspective he need or she needs to do the minimum to ensure that they're able to perform and still be optimal within their sport it just doesn't mean you have to go out and do 
fucking thousands of hours of cardio or thousands of hours of strength. It works in both ways, I think. It just context of the athlete. Uh, from young spanner in there is that is in, so don't get it wrong you can do cardio strength training bodybuilding all in the same time however I'm, I'm still on the fence about in regards to it being optimal um, which is obviously a completely different context but in regards to building optimal strength and hypertrophy I'm still on the fence in regards to how cardio affects that because I have heard of something called the interference effect um, it's just I've heard that, you know, doing cardio, so when I say, you know, I have heard, I don't mean like I've just heard a rumour, because otherwise I'd be part of the fucking myth. But, you know, I have seen some kind of like evidence that shows that cardio can make it harder to gain strength and muscle. But yeah, it's definitely something I need to look into a little bit more, because as I say, I'm still on the fence about it, and I've not actually come to my own kind of conclusion yet. I think when you look at, like, when you look at, bodybuilders is an example especially when you talk about hypertrophy or trying to build any form of strength etc it, it, it got to apply a little bit of common sense here because obviously if you're going to do a cardio session nine times out of ten you look at a bodybuilder or a powerlifter they'll probably do some form of lists like low intensity and it won't be too metabolically demanding something that they can it's recover gonna, from yeah more exactly easily, yeah in within a six hour window they'll fin- typically they'll finish their session six hours later they'll do their their weight session but like you you just common sense would be applied you really wouldn't do a hard any form of cardio session if you're trying to get if the main focus is primary to get strong in that same session well, because you know that day. it's going to hint yeah it's going to hinder your your progress to a level because your your nervous system is going to be fucked. There's only so much you can do. Do you know what I mean? Even if you refuel, you, you, like, there is so only so much that you can your body is going to adapt to. Speaking of um, nervous system, there, Dean. Next next myth is working out when you're sick. Oh, oh! I can oh, I can actually <laughs> give some real yeah. life shit on. This I, w- I, I would say that, I would say it depends. I'd say it depends on Completely. the context of your. Sickness. If you go to the gym when you're sick, you're rude as fuck. <laughs> that's a fair point I might just drop into pure gym while I've got COVID this week what yeah it's coughing everywhere like, <laughs> it's like oh fuck off man I don't want to get ill no you're absolutely yeah. right it is really rude and when I see somebody in the gym that's that's splurting out spitting phlegmy I'm kind of like look seriously mate what, what the fuck are you playing at you, this is a hygienic environment the last thing you need is to start coughing all over the kit degrading somebody else yeah degrading somebody else's bloody ability to get to where they will get to but just because you had a bit of a sniffle and you've got what it about the they're in their own their own space their own home gym or they're out running the road what what about what, should they exercise then well that that i think it all depends doesn't it because i i'll i'll be honest yesterday after having COVID, well what day we on now wednesday fucking hell thursday my god where is the week gone so after having covid positive test what we had thursday friday saturday bad place couldn't even think about training then on sunday i felt pretty good felt on top of the world monday felt good bit of a dive on tuesday but i kind of felt like i wanted to train and it depends on what that illness is like if it's a mental for me it was mentally i needed to get out of bed i needed to get out of the house into my garage a bit of fresh air breezing through just get on a barbell or on the assault bike or treadmill and just do something. Do some movement. It didn't have to be a lot, but it had to be something. Auto regulation is key there, isn't it? Exactly. And that's the big word. Like you, if you're ill, auto regulation is Don't such push it. a... Do not yeah. fucking push it. Yeah. 
But just yeah, don't have anything scripted like you normally would. And you if just, you do, just dial it back. Like it's, yeah, it's it, it, you know there's there's always tomorrow. You know you're not gonna fucking not gonna miss one session. Likewise, a week isn't gonna do you any harm either. What's the common phrase? You can you can sweat out a cold, but you you don't do a, you don't with the flu you stay in bed. That's like the common the common thing you hear, isn't it? Like that's that's, the, that's like the general pop you hear. Oh, if you've got a, if you've got the flu, don't do an exercise. If you've got a cold, you can. Yeah, and I think these are the illnesses we're talking about, aren't we? We're talking about typical yeah, com- flu-like flus, yeah. colds. Yeah, you know, they they're the typical things you'll come up against where you'll need to go right. You know, maybe I should dial it back a bit here. I've got a general rule of thumb, and that is, if it's below the neck, then. I'll just kind of like chin it off. So what I mean by that is if you've got a head, first of all, like if you are going to exercise and you're ill, if it's something like a head cold, maybe you can get away with it. If it's pulmonary, so below the throat and it's in your chest and you're going to have, you're going to have trouble breathing, I would just not rather, I'd rather not risk it. However, Andy brought up a really good point. That is also the etiquette side of things. And that is, you know, you're going to an environment, ah, it's as if you're going to the gym. Or you're going to some kind of environment where there's other people and you're using shared equipment. If you go to the gym whilst ill, you, that is a really dick move. Whether it's good for you or not is irrelevant. It's a really dick move. By the way, I'm talking about let's let's pretend I'm talking about you know doing this in 2019 because obviously if you're going to the gym whilst ill at the moment, Fuck you are hell. you're not just a I dick. You it. are a Jimmy Savile, Rolf Harris fucking dick. That that level. You know, you are the lowest of the low. If we're going back to our old scoring system, you know, you are waking up to Jimmy giving you a uh, neck massage. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You're right. But like I said, if you've got your own sanctuary or your own little space or your yeah, own kit and equipment. And if it makes you feel better, exactly. then what's the harm in it, you know? if Just be cautious. Auto-regulate. Yeah, definitely. Listen, don't, yeah, don't, don't listen go full to your send. body, right? Yeah, don't go full send and just cream in. Because chances are you're not going to be that motivated when you're feeling like shit to follow a program anyway. So yeah, I want to. I know we keep saying it, but I want to stress that buzzword: auto-regulate. You know, just if it, sometimes it does feel good just to kind of get out and about moving. I mean, when I'm ill, I won't go and do anything drastic, but I'll just go for like a walk. Or, I might just get get some steps in. I'd just like to say, if you're a, if you actually if you're a member at Pure Gym, if you um, hashtag Tom when you're ill, he will make sure that you get your money back. For the days that you missed? Luckily, I don't work for Pure Gym, so, you know... Uh, oh, was it not? Bible. Nah. Fuck. <laughs> Wrong one. <laughs> Fucked it. You could have been. Fuck. No. <laughs> Everyone was like... <gasps> oh. Pure Gym? Nah. I can't work for Pure Gym. They're in fucking big trouble at the moment. <laughs> and you heard about their 12 years of slave workout? Fuck it. Oh, man. I saw that. Yeah, fuck what? it. Oh, let's, not, let's, not, let's not get into let's that. Let's not get into that. <laughs> oh, this yeah, is an off, off the cards one, isn't it? Fucking hell. We'll move on to the next one. If you haven't heard about it, you need to read about it because it's completely, yeah. yeah, whatever. Next one. Yeah, next one. Move on. So next one is protein windows. So we'll talk about the, oh, you need to get your protein in 13 minutes post, blah, blah, blah. So I'll quickly say what the data says. So there's there's not really any evidence to support this. However, the evidence always supports that it's important you get sufficient protein in for your activity levels. That's what's important. Not when you have it. It's about the co- the, the actual amount you get in, in, your, in the day. What Knowledge bombs are about to be dropped here. I saw oh. the pain in his eyes. Go on, uh, What's that? What, the pain? 
they, yeah, they, I, I, saw, I saw the it's deep It's because it's still heavily believed. Yeah, it's that's still, why. still believed. Like, it, people yeah. are like, I'm going to lose all my gains in my anabolic window. It's going to be bad. And I'm like, like running, running to the car with a protein shake, like running around the gym, like, I need to drink this now. <laughs> but I do understand. So I go. let's go back bodybuilding era, bodybuilding background, and taking protein on post-workout was a really simple way for me to begin that process and ensure I was getting enough protein in on a daily basis. Yeah, if it's convenient. The, no, yeah, the last thing I wanted to do was go home and consume a big meal. I just didn't want to do that. I didn't want to start feeding myself copious amounts of fibrous greens, high lean meats. So just, you just can't think about that. Like When your body's in that state and you've been told that you've got to do all these white potatoes, sweet potatoes, pasta, carb, whatever, like you just can't, like it just physically, it's not going to sit well. So, you know, even bodybuilding, the go-to for me post-workout was, or even pre-workout I'll talk about as well, but post-workout was protein shake and um, 80 grams of cocoa pops. Like that was, that was, it was light. It sat on the stomach. It was easily digestible. And then an hour and a half, two hours later, I'd then be taking on the next meal in order to keep that repair, keep that recovery process and just make sure I'm eating my daily food targets that were necessary. But you are right. This, this idea of I need to get my protein shake on board, but more importantly, it's, it's what else people are taking as well. You know, it's there. If, if your diet is, I'd always recommend people take protein on board because I don't feel as though general pop or general athletes tend to get enough protein in, in their window, like nine times out of 10, we break it down into four areas, right? We've got somebody who's relatively sedentary, lightly active, moderately active, or is a very active athlete. If you break those down even further, each one comes with its own protein requirements based on your metabolic needs, based on your height, weight, your lifestyle, your gender. Once you've established that, and you're sticking to one of those activity levels on a consistent basis, your protein requirements are going to begin to increase the higher up the chart you get. But people don't understand that, and they seem to sustain the same diet that they've had even when they were doing nothing, maybe only eating three meals a day and then wondering why on a Thursday their body's absolutely fucked because, like Andy alluded to, they didn't auto-regulate, they didn't listen to their body, or they didn't refeed, refuel, and recover. And they're now in this phase where their body is maybe not going through a phase of atrophy, but certainly not repairing properly. So the biggest thing with with protein is, like you said, it's always about that daily goal. But I'd go even further and broaden it, broaden the horizons even further, and say, go for a weekly goal, get a weekly target, because that's going to give you a little bit more ownership and freedom about how you consume your food throughout the week. Like that's something that really works for me and it works for the clients I work with. So daily caloric intake and daily daily protein requirements are all fantastic. But what's the weekly goal? Where do we sit at with this? If we've got a higher training day, then maybe those protein requirements could be a little bit higher. They could higher. be higher, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I know for me a... personally, on, on rest days, I sometimes dial it back a bit because I don't need to get as much in as I would on a, on a heavy training day. And, that's <laughs> and just, you, you, this, know. you don't have to be obsessive about it, but no, you do course, to a degree. If you're serious about your training and you're serious about making a, co- a change compositionally, then they're two things that you need to manage and you need to be able to measure. Because if you don't, ultimately you're not going to get to, you, you'll get so far, but it's the, it's the old analogy, isn't it? Like if I, just, if I just get in my car and I just drive and I don't know where I'm going, 
I'm just going to go head north. Well, that's all well and good. Like the, I'll get there at the end. The destination will be there and I'll get there in the end. But if I plot out exactly the route and the path that I'm going to take to get there, I'm going to get there a damn sight faster. It's the same principle with calories and protein. A lot like, more comfortably as well. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Like drop, if you're one of these people that do believe I've got to get that, f- that, that protein shake on board after you work out, like understand the concept behind it. If you're going to do it, it's because you are meeting your protein needs for the day, but you just don't feel like consuming food at that stage. The, the issue is, is the ones who don't believe that. They just yeah, have to shake they off think, the workout and they think exactly. that's it. That's the done. Yeah. That's it. They nip for the day. They're like, oh, I've had my protein after workout, so I'm, I'm good now. That's it. I don't need to monitor my calories and protein for the rest of the but day now. Do you, do the you think that Do you think that maybe come that stems from uh, a young person turning up at the gym and what they see, these older guys hitting a yeah. shake after their workout? <laughs> yeah. Because You're probably right, mate. Yeah, yeah because it's, uh, I did it. Again, because, like, because... What are you doing? I'm having a shake after my workout. You're like, oh, okay. Didn't know, didn't know. Because these ideas are perpetuated from generations onto younger, outgoing, athletic people. And the young people don't want to ask the questions of why are you doing that? Would you? What's the reason? No. No. You're never going to turn around to the big jack dude and go, why are you doing that, mate? You're just going to follow in his footsteps and just But the funny thing is that all of those big jack people are probably the most humble, down to earth people you'll ever come across. And that's the funny thing, isn't it? Like, it's. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. It's a strange thing, but. I just think people, it's the same with the, this, the, the BCAAs and stuff like that. People often tend to say, oh, BCAAs, EAAs, they're a waste of money, etc. all this stuff, expensive piss. Yes, to a degree, but if you dig further into the science and actually understand its application and in a fasted state, somebody who may go into the gym is from bodybuilding background and they're trying to retain as much protein in their system as possible if you understand the concept behind why we employ these supplements that's all well and good general athlete just get your fucking protein right get your calories right like that that's ultimately where it stems from it's the same myth as fucking creatine is a steroid that still floats about and it baffles yeah. my brain because creatine is one of the most researched supplements yeah, in the market. Is, yeah. you get it and it's stank? probably that's what i mean but it's one of the supplements that I would always recommend people take creatine and protein. If you're active and you're involved in resistance training or some form of, which has a demand on the body, creatine and protein, that's where it's at. Yeah, Don't, two go-tos in it, yeah. Yeah, and, but not forgetting that sleep, hydration, food, they recovery. All, yeah, it's all the issue, Dean, isn't it? People, they'll, they'll sink a protein shake, they'll fucking sniff a line of fucking creatine and that'll be them thinking, I'm good to go now. Fuck, yeah. I have two hours sleep, I'll eat yeah. shucking, I'll have a Domino's later, that'll be me for the rest of the day, done. That'll it's be painful. Them. It is painful yeah. because I see this in the, in the place that I work at and people will often have spend money on supplements but they'll be up gaming until two o'clock at night. They'll then wake up at six o'clock in the morning for, for battalion PT. And I'm kind of, you, you're not, you're never going to get to the stage where you want to get to as an athlete if you're not even getting your fucking sleep hygiene in check. And then not to mention that 10 o'clock, you're then popping over to the shop, getting yourself a can of Monster, buying yourself some BLT sandwich and a packet of discos. And I'm sat there going, look, you you've got to understand what your body's craving from you. You can eat that. By all means, eat that. Like, that's down to you, whatever. But you're forgetting all the other fundamentals that come with being a fucking... Trying to look after your body as a human being. And if they haven't got their sleep right and they're not drinking enough of this fucking H2O stuff, this clear stuff that's free, then... Just want to uh, just want to add on that. Dean's got a uh, really good blog post on chatshitgetfit.com. 
he did a sleep he did a sleep post on sleep hygiene and it's actually really good was it four was it four or five top tips for better sleep wasn't it something like that five top tips for a better night's sleep and it's easier than you think definitely go give that a read chat shit get fit.com i'm gonna definitely say that monster's not a bad thing though (laughs) no i I didn't say it was a bad thing i'm just saying that it's as I've got one on my side of my canter, I'm like, oh. But moderation, right? <laughs> yeah, but moderation, Dean. Yeah, exactly. It's fine, moderate. right? But look at the caffeine content in it. You look at like 180 milligrams of caffeine, for example, in a monster. You combine that with a coffee, you've got the best pre-workout you could possibly imagine before you go and train. Like, that's um, the time. So I shouldn't it. take it before I go to bed, is what you're saying. I should not be drinking yeah. monster before bed. But this is when blokes that I know are doing it. I'll close my can now then. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. if we can educate people to... If you if monster if you are one of these people that has to have monster in your life and they are fucking taste good like some of them oh, taste yeah. unbelievable oh, fantastic I get that any ultras I'm in oh, ultra <laughs> yeah. ultra white but oh. keep take them on board ultra but if white you're listening right, K, K, K. to this <laughs> use it more wisely take it yeah. before a pre, before you work out or before you're going to do something physically active where you can utilize that don't take it at three in the morning to get that hit so you can still go out and COD or do whatever else you're doing. Do they still call it COD? FIFA? COD? Yeah, I don't know. Like so well, I'll move on to, to the next myth quickly because we've, that you've t- we're have you talking about monsters and monsters are obviously full of this next myth, artificial sweeteners. Oh. Next myth. So the next myth is artificial sweeteners are the enemy. No, they're not. They're fine. Moving on. Wow. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a lot more to this. Um, so basically, I'll, I'll rattle out some points I've got before we, before we open up the floor. So I found that it's... Go on. I've come, my conclusions I've come to, it's quite harmless. The negative there's a, there's there's a lot of negative studies out there which kind of they they correlate artificial sweeteners with X Y Z. But these studies are all fucking. If you actually look at them, actually read the data, they're all done on animals, and there's no like they're all like my studies on the effect of like caffeine or sorry artificial sweetness sorry on a, on a mouse. And it's like, well, that's fucking good, isn't it? Because as we all know on this, uh, we can all see each other. We're all mouse. Like, we're all mice, aren't we? You know what I mean? So. The, so those studies are quite limited, um, but we we have got data as well, which goes this is more youth that does suggest that in the youth population, fizzy drinks with artificial sweeteners can lead to higher consumption of sort of highly palatable snack foods because they're getting less calories in from drinking these drinks, and they're having to then snack on something else to get the food, and they need to make themselves feel full because we know these these I don't know diet cokes not very filling, so they might have that as their snack, but then they're not it's actually a full. Gateway so drug, we all know it. So the conclusions I came to is there was it's harmless. I don't think they should be allowing children to be smashing caffeine at at, at, at a rate of yeah, like and and everything like this, like these monster drinks, anything like this. I don't think they should be. Kids don't need it. They're growing. Let them grow. You know. And don't use it as a fucking treat either, because if yeah, you're that nah. person, you're a shit person. Yeah, or like trying to tame your kids. That's it. Give them fucking this caffeine drink that will sort them out. No, so I uh, artificial sweeteners. I don't. It's, it's always something, you know. Like sugar was bad. Okay, cool. We'll get rid of it. We'll put artificial. Artificial sweeteners are bad. You know what I mean? It's it's fucking hell all right we get it there's there's some things that aren't going to be the nicest thing in the world but as we alluded to with dean yourself moderation is key you know it's not saying that fucking hell never enjoy anything nice ever again because you're fucking bullshit and all this and no i love a monster yeah and i i fucking drink it more than i should but then again I, i don't 
like drink a monster when I go to bed and then smash like a big stack of fucking gummy bears to go with it. You know, it's, 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 so I'll have one, I'll work out in the morning, I'll do work all day, I'll have one during the day as a pick me up, I'll go finish another workout and I'll probably finish the other can off or the other half of the can to fit to before I go home. You know, that's a sensible way to do it as well, isn't it? I still, yeah. I, but go back to what you said, Bill, artificial sweeteners. Yeah. Directly calling bullshit on it, but directly yeah. I, they yeah. do not affect you. You would have to fucking consume an obscene yeah. amount of artificial. Have you seen sweet- the actual numbers? It's ridiculous. Right. Like, I was showing up, I think they yeah. correlate to a can of Coke and it was a ridiculous amount of can of Coke you'd have to have a day to have any adverse effects. It was like, un- it was but undoable. even so, if you-, if you continue to have products that will in some form satiate you like pepsi max or diet coke or whatever product then yes potentially you may you may enjoy hyper palatable foods that aren't necessarily wholesome and nutritious for your body fueling for performance but you're appealing to somebody that is probably let's just i'm and again i'm i'm generalizing here but parents probably don't have the best diet and they're then feeding this onto their kids that's they probably are from you know they could even be from a working class background again generalizing and the one thing that they're going to go to is the iceland freezer food along with some fizzy pop and stuff like that like if you're continuing to feed your kids that then yes, you're probably going to come up against more health-related risks later on down the line. But even so, if you can just, like, you shouldn't be giving, like Andy said, you shouldn't be giving your fucking kids Pepsi Max and Diet Coke and all that. Certainly not at a young age. I don't, you can't even put a number on when you should, can you really? Like, when do we, you can't. When they have a mortgage. You don't want to build a habit, do you? A habit habit that's not needed. It's not not a necessary habit. And like you were saying before, I think Tom mentioned it, like these ki- your kids are growing at this stage. Like they need, children need to experiment with lots of different foods, not just hyper palatable ones, but they need to experiment with wholesome greens and lots of fruits and vegetables, variety. That's what you need to expose them to because otherwise they get to a stage where they begin to resent that and then past a certain age, you've lost them. But in the same breath, if... If you're not exposing them to this and you are giving them fizzy pop, then yes, there may be a potential that later on down the line you're gonna keep fending into these fucking fizzy pop. But it doesn't make it it doesn't make it bad. Right? We we're still in this phase where people say artificial sweeteners are bad or a specific food group is bad. Food does not have a fucking you know Who says it feeding. the most, I've noticed. So with with the fizzy drinks and stuff, for example, you always find it. There'll be someone sitting there with a full full fat can of Coke, and they'll look at you. I'll go, oh, I want you to have Diet Coke, and they'll go, oh, that'll give you cancer. Artificial sweeteners will give you cancer. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, what? And they're just smashing. They're smashing cans of this full fat. They're getting cans of this, cans of sugar, basically. And they're saying to you, you're going to get cancer because you're having Diet Coke. And it's just like, what? But you, it's get, just, it's just, you get this again, feeling it's, it's, that... It's the scapegoat, isn't it? Yeah, it's like sh- like sugar was bad. Only if you fucking spoon feeding it into your own mouth. You know but what even I mean? then, it even then it doesn't become bad. Like nothing is bad no. for you. No food product has a fucking feeling. Me telling somebody, oh, that Mars bar, the Mars bar's not going to be offended with me telling something else that it's good or bad. Like we need to move away from this. There are some things that are better for you than others. 
It's moderation. You drinking fuckloads of fizzy drinks is probably not going to do you any good. It's not going to do you any favours. At the end of the day, it's all to do with the dosage. I mean, you yeah, sure. I mean, uh, highly processed foods, you can have extremely adverse health effects by over-consuming them, basically going overboard on the dosage. But let's be honest with you, you could become obese eating chicken, broccoli and rice. Don't get me wrong, it's going no, to be a bit of an effort to do that. <laughs> but, you know, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. I still think that, you know, it's maybe another thing to speak about later on down the line, but... I still think we, we do need to move toward a little bit more of a plant-based way of eating as a, as a general population because you already know, we already know that we cannot keep sustaining the way we're consuming these mass-produced products. Like Again, moderation is key, but if you can lead a more plant-based, variated diet... Are you vegan? Not at all. No, 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 not at all. I'm just trying to get people thinking a little bit and try and critically think about what we're consuming. Because if we continue to consume all of these mass-produced products that people keep fucking telling us are bad, which they're not, by the way, you, you've got to then question, well, oh, fucking hell, well, where do I go from here? You've got... You, you need to feed this into your kids early. Kids need to be fed into a varied yeah. diet, like yeah, early yeah. on. No, you can't. One to, one to six, that's when they're fucking, that, that's when yeah, they're proper suck sponges. And the, the stuff that you do with them at the early age reflects later on in life. Massively. I can't, couldn't agree with that anymore. Like, both of my daughters grew up in Germany and being in around that culture, being in German schools as well, they were bred into their way of health and sustainability and living. And it's all, it really is local produce. It's things like fresh fruits and vegetables for snacks and lunch. And like they, they really do, I feel like the, the German culture get it right. To yeah, a Polish do the same, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pol- and Swedes are really, yeah. really Basically similar. everywhere in the European region apart from the UK is what you're saying. Yeah, UK. Yeah, yeah basically because the UK we fucked want it. Things, yeah. We want things to happen like yeah. that. Your kid well, now made it so many times in our society. Yeah. Your kid wants something really, really bad, and you just give in as a parent, like, yeah, fucking take it. Just go and get a, go and get yourself a Diet Coke. And you're like, what? What kind of, like, no wonder why children grow up to be little fucktards when you give in to them at a click of a fingers and you're giving them Diet Coke, Pepsi Max, and whatever other fucking juice you can find. Like, come on, we can, surely we can do better than that. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying we're all model parents, but, like, again, moderate. Yeah, I think we'll conclude with that point then. Moderation is <coughs> key. Artificial sweeteners are not inherently going <coughs> to fuck you up, but oh, yeah. moderation. no one asked Tom what he did you, on this. Did you forget about me, my Führer? Oh, Tom, we. Did he? Fuck off. Fuck right off. This was not expecting that. I thought we covered it quite well, Tom. I don't think we need your input, mate. I was not expecting him to say my <laughs> we just love we just we went we just said the germans are really good at doing like this nutrition stuff that we basically just re- reminded them of the nazi fucking rule of the 1940s you know what i mean like brilliant oh, i did not the fourth reich i am Listen, not in on this this, this hands are up this isn't the first episode we've offended the germans you know we might as well just keep on digging deeper but right i just want to bring up to a couple of things going way back to artificial sweeteners by the way <laughs> I thought we covered it really well. I don't think we needed your input, mate. I was just going to wrap up there. But well, what I just wanted to say was, in regards to um, does like does artificial sweeteners, let's say artificially artificially sweetened drinks, 
do they lead to kind of like overeating other foods? Um, is there really an inherent link between artificial sweeteners and, you know, over-consuming other like highly processed foods? I don't know. I don't know if it's because of the artificial sweeteners themselves or it's due to the actual hedonistic lifestyle that's involved with that. So what I mean is, chances are, if you're one to guzzle down loads of soda, whether it be diet soda or not, chances are that there's other kind of certain food choices you're making. Notice I'm not saying good or bad, but there's other certain food choices you're making. Well, Tom, when you get a takeaway, what normally comes with a takeaway? Cannabis oh, yeah. Drink. No one gets Fish a fucking chips, cannabis bottle drink. of... Pizza, no one, cannabis drink. Yeah, no one gets a bottle of Peckham Springs, do they? You know? <laughs> Peckham Springs. <laughs> but on top of that as well, um, so in regards to some of the adverse health effects uh, of artificial sweeteners, I heard cancer get thrown around. So we're kind of going back to the rat studies. In regards to that, this is quite a good one to kind of look into, actually, and that is regards to, don't get me wrong, Rats were given artificial sweeteners and they did grow malignant tumours. You know, it was cancerous cells. So you think, oh, fucking hell, yeah, okay. We're not uh, we're not rats, so we can't really apply that to us. But at the same time, you'd think, oh, that's still a worry. But here's the thing, like... Uh, oh, I finally said it. Here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. One, these rats were fed... Um, well, they were overfed artificial sweeteners from, like, since they were fucking born like when they was like 12 days old, all the way up until their death. So all the way throughout their life cycle, they were just constantly pumped with artificial sweeteners. On top of that, in regards to... So we just talk about the dosage of fins, right? The toxicity is in the dose for most fins. Now, in regards to rats, they were fucking fed... If, if we was to compare it to humans... Probably something that we would consume. The amount like, we would consume. And they're like, like big. Let's, let's, if I was to like just put it out of my arse here, let's just say we was drinking like a barrel of Diet Coke a day, every barrel, day, oh yeah. from birth until our deathbed, a barrel of Diet Coke a day. So it's like, people extrapolate and, you know, overinflate the results there. Do you see what I kind of mean? I mean, I've actually, I've actually got the paper here on there and I'll put that in the show notes because it's a really, it's a fucker to read because it's big, but it's really interesting to see how science can fuck you over sometimes. <laughs> No, that's interesting. Uh, I think we'll wrap up that point there. And that was also the last myth of this episode. So we've wrapped up myths in total of the entire season. I swear I saw you mention one about... About what? Ronnie Coleman. Did you send me one about Ronnie Coleman? Screen? I can't remember yes, that you, Oh, Ronnie did. Coleman. And that's an important yeah, one. I swear right, you did. Sorry, lads. I'm so sorry. I've completely jumped the gun here. Uh, that's normally Andy's job. But, you absolutely uh, are. Oh, the only it's... reason I say this is because I thought it was quite an interesting one that you said. I can't... What was it? Something. Yeah, like basically it was screaming lightweight does not make the weight lighter. No, screaming lightweight does make the weight lighter. So we all agree on that, are we? Can we, can we put that to bed? We're agreeing that by screaming lightweight, it will be lighter. I'm going to... I'm going to let Tom go in and I'm going to throw uh, Kings in. Well, first of all, I've got a Ronnie Coleman compilation here. Yeah, baby! <laughs> I love Ronnie. Right. Go on, Ronnie. Oh, God, look at that. He's, He's just deadlifting plates and plates. Right, anyway. But, do you know what? I have a... I have a feeling Dean is going to be on the exact same wavelength as me. This is critical. Right. I'll tell this you what, let's start critical. with... We're going to have right. loads of people after this podcast going in the gym and going, lightweight, baby! Getting fired up. Actually, Andy, you mentioned something on a podcast a while ago. It was talking about how we perform and how we sometimes have these little... Um, Rituals. 
rituals, don't we? Yeah. And how rituals every, can look at every weightlifter. Every fucking weightlifter will have a way they walk up to a platform. That is their way of screaming, lightweight baby. And if you don't, then you don't fucking lift. Yeah. Like when Bill when Bill goes to do like a, a barbell movement, he goose steps up to the platform. <laughs> goose stepping. Have you ever heard of goose stepping? Can I see when a demo you, with this goose stepping? Yeah, go, go, go right you can. Chin, Stand by. I'm a I want to see Tom. Oh and my I'm, God, this is going to be brilliant. I can't do this in my work uniform. I'll get in trouble. I'll put this uniform on instead, Anon. Is he going to get naked? Right, stand by. So your goose step is... Oh, my God. Anon, 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 Anon. You ready, Chris Bill? I, don't, I wish the viewers could see what he's doing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's the best march I've seen. <laughs> they they definitely can't... <laughs> They How is definitely that? can't. You definitely can't show that ever. No, ever, Tom. <laughs> ever, you ever. To, you need to take that uniform off because what's even worse yeah, is you did it you in that did. uniform. You did it. That makes it Hamlet. ten times worse. Wait, doesn't it? Oh, How did say something? You realised it. Right. The Bill's going to hold is, you to ransom. No one for this video for a no long one, time. No one can see what's going on, so they don't know what we're talking about when they say that uniform. So they could be thinking of something even worse. <laughs> <laughs> just Andy with his phone at the just my, <laughs> just my, uh, my my Prince Harry special. Like we, <clears> these, <throat> this is so important though because you've got to you've got to look at this from an intrinsic motivator perspective and what this does for athletes, especially in the weightlifting world. Like as you know, I've been in been involved in army weightlifting now for a num for for a number of years. More recently, for the past three or four years, and you see this with. A lot of the athletes that come up to the platform, they have their own little niche things like Andy was alluding to, whether it's they stamp their feet into the bar or they punch themselves in their chest or they get a back slap from their coach before they step up to the mark. And a lot of this is an outburst and a ritual to psychologically gear themselves up for that lift. And it's all part of this visualization process. So when I, and you know what? I mutter to myself when I'm training. I absolutely do. Like, I'll, if there's a big deadlift, I'm like, "Come on, Dean, let's go! Come on!" And then you get psyched up for it, and it's all part of this visualization. And if it helps you as an athlete, it's 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 a good thing. Let's take this out of fucking weightlifting. Pretty much every athlete will do this. Yeah, they'll have Usain Bolt. Something he has he has a fist bump. He tell he he always congratulates the person that stood there at, at his gate, and then he comes back in. He shakes. He gets ready. Uh, who else was there? Every fighter I know will have that moment with their coach where they'll put their heads together, they fucking have a quick say, and it turn around, it's a bang on the backs, fucking let's go. It's putting yourself in the right frame of mind. Yeah, it, it is. It is. They all do it. They're, you'll yeah. see athletes, runners at the start line, they'll tap their toes like three, yeah. four, five times, they'll bend over, touch their heel, do other bits like that, because it's all because, part of that ritual. Yeah, and and ninety percent of the time it's due to the fact that you would do the like you will do something, have a great outcome. So what does that mean? Do the same thing, have the same outcome. You know, the, the moment that we start doing all these random things, we, we have good days, we have bad days. So a top level athlete will normally do the same thing, like coming back to weightlifting, they'll stamp left foot first, then right foot. It has to be a set weight. Uh, Maddie, I forget her name, she's a weightlifter. She'll walk up to the bar, stamp her feet in, roll her hands across the bar so the bar spins. Every single time, make a lift. It's just their way of gearing themselves up. It's, it's critical. 
Um, and to I've, the audience that may listen to this, let's use something that's probably a little bit more recent and everyone can understand a bit better. Take Matt Fraser at the last games. When he went up and done that clean ladder, that was a prime example of how intrinsically he was motivated like fuck to lift that bar because he had the audience screaming from him. He had... In his own mind, he was like pumping himself up. You could see within himself as an athlete, it was impressive to watch, not just from what the sport of CrossFit does, but from what that individual went through in the fact that he hadn't lifted over a 300 pound clean in forever. So automatically there's doubt in his mind. And the only way to curb that doubt was for him to do those things that he had in place. And this goes to the lowest level athlete from a psychological perspective. It could be Jill in the gym picking up the dumbbells from the rack and us in the it, one of the coaches, a coach in her ear going, come on, Jill, you've got this. Or Jill going, yes, come on, I'm ready for this today. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, yes, it might not make the weight lighter, but what it does to you from a mental capacity far outweighs what the weight of that bar, dumbbell, rack or anything else is because it's proven that it helps. It's that psychological motivation. I mean, I have it. I mean, when I'm performing something very close towards failure, I have like a little tick thing I do with my head where I, 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 I nod and I shake my head. And I've been doing that for the past couple of years. And it's just a, it's a little tiny ritual I do that it helps me think, no, do you know what? I've got a couple more left in me. But it is that psychological motivation, those rituals. I mean, if we look at the tactical athlete side of things, let's think about, you know, a bayonet charge or bayonet training and you start fucking you you are screaming at the top of your lungs now don't get me wrong that is to give a psychological advantage over the guy on the other end of that bayonet but for look what it does it to you you in a personally to do something. yeah now, now physiologically is it making you stronger is it making you run faster who knows but mentally mentally it is motivating you to you know do the business basically this has been going on for years this out this goes back even when, even as gladiators, they were, you know, you read scripts about them doing it then. Yeah. Because look at a hacker. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the That's New Zealanders. Like, so I, I would, I would say that it's not. I don't think this is a myth. No, I it's not. It, and you know, people that this is a necessity. Fucking physically, it's obviously not making the weight lighter by shouting yeah, it that it's light. But it does but mentally. Mentally, it's difference. it's a big, huge, huge. It's a game changer, isn't it? Mentally, yeah, it is. I think personally, like in all honesty, Ronnie was probably doing that intentionally, knowing it is going to intrinsically motivate him. But he'll openly admit that he geared himself up massively in his head every single session. Like he was, his end goal was so powerful that every little small habit that he did in that gym ultimately took him toward that goal. So him gearing up, shouting lightweight baby, saying, let's go and woo in. Also, li- literally was gearing part. up as well, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally gearing up. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I think we'll leave right. it there, lads. Well, um, we've been going for nearly fucking two hours. This has been a- another long one, but it was good to finish oh, the season up. I um, just want to quickly mention oh, go. one thing. No, not Here's a quick myth. You guys said that, uh, or you kind of implied that Strepsils, you know, weren't sleeping pills. But actually, on um, www.drugs.com, it does say the Strepsil side effect is drowsiness or dizziness. So there you go. I was fucking right. What I'll do, Tom, is I'll change the name of this episode to Let's Chat Myths Strepsils, okay? Just to keep you happy. Is that right? Strepsils and a Horlicks. 
I think you need to change this to chat shit, get fit, debunk myths with Tom. Debunk myths with Tom. Yeah. Or chat shit, get fit with an added extra of Tom's conspiracies. Do you know what? If out of all the things we get, um, you know, a sponsorship from, if it's from strep seals, oh, shit the bed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, lads. Uh... Please, strep seals, sponsor us. I want him to shit the bed. Please. Yeah. It'd be great to see that. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll see you next time lads pleasure as always pleasure as always many thanks thank you for having me on as always thanks for listening we hope you've enjoyed this myth series and learnt a thing or two along the way big thanks to Dean for coming back on the show you know, it's always a pleasure getting him on and I'm sure we'll have him back on in the future if you do want to get in touch with Dean you can find him on Instagram at coach underscore Dean underscore Hammond I'll also chuck a link in the show notes he's a fantastic coach offering one-to-one coaching and you know we all highly recommend them. Of course, we are still going strong with our other series, all about diets, and we've got plenty more seasons lined up, ready to roll. So to make sure that you don't miss out, ensure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen. So we will see you next week, same time, same place, for a brand new episode. See you soon.